Welcome to The Markitect, a podcast series where leadership and product marketing intersect. The Markitect is for and about the world's best product marketing leaders, chief marketing officers, and their go-to-market partners. Each episode will help you unlock your professional potential as our guests share how they build impactful teams and optimize their go-to-market. This podcast is presented by Pavilion, powered by Casted, and produced by Share Your Genius. Welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome to The Markitect, a podcast series where leadership and product marketing intersect. The Markitect is for and about the world's best product marketing leaders and the chief marketing officers that own the function. Today, we're going to sit with two of the best pricing gurus in the game. And considering pricing is the top profit lever at companies, it's shockingly remains underdeveloped in most companies. Pricing can boost profits far more than increasing sales or cutting costs. And yet most companies, they leave money on the table because they don't charge the right price or make sure customers actually pay the price in some cases. Well, our guests today are gonna change how to price with confidence. And now it's my pleasure to introduce you to my co-host for this episode, Jason Oakley. And our guest today, Mark Stiving, from Impact Pricing, who once taught a course uh, that I was in at Pragmatic Institute, and he was a phenomenal instructor there, and the one and only Kyle Poyar from OpenView Partners. Everyone, welcome. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. So tell us, why are pricing and packaging, the packaging goes synonymous with the pricing, why is it so important to your business? Uh, whether you're a SaaS provider or otherwise? Well, there's got to be a hundred answers to that question, by the way. Uh, The single most important answer, I think, is the power of pricing, where you see the 1% windfall, the fact that a a 1% improvement in pricing can lead to 10% increase in profitability. I mean, it's, it's just such an amazingly powerful thing. But what I find so important about pricing is when a company steps back to say, how is it that people value our product? How much could we charge based on that value? They start to understand their products and their business at such a deep level that it could transform the way they run their business. It's interesting. Mark, where do you think, like what function of the organization do you think should own pricing? (laughs) When I teach this in class, the answer I always give is it depends. And the question of it depends is, it depends on what type of, pr- of what part of pricing we're talking about, because pricing is such a huge topic. The part of pricing that most of us think about is who's going to set the prices, who's going to pick the list price. But pricing also is who's negotiating the price, who's setting the price escalation policies, who's uh, running the deal desk if we have a deal desk, who's monitoring the pricing. All of these are pieces that, that are really important in pricing. But to answer the question that I think people think about when they ask that, who should own the list price? I almost always put that into product management or product marketing. And the reason for that is those are the only two organizations in a company that truly understand the value our buyers get from our products. The possible exception of that is to sales, but salespeople have a different incentive to not try to capture as much value as we can. So I almost always say it should be product management or product marketing. That's interesting. Yeah, I like the idea of keeping it within the function of the business that really focuses on value versus trying to like optimize it to close 
to close business, for example. Um, Kyle, what, what's your take on that? Well, in general, I think Mark and I agree to, on probably too many things. So <laughs> he had a great answer. But uh, honestly, if I had to uh, add, a, add another perspective, I would also add that you know I think marketing can play a really critical role in pricing and should have a seat at the table on pricing this decisions because pricing is so fundamental to the positioning that you want to have in the market, your target customer, how you talk about value and ROI. And so for me, I would, I would challenge the marketers and the CMOs on this call to really educate themselves on pricing and take a seat at the table in pricing decisions. And I think that you'll become much more of a strategic revenue driving function if you do that. Amen. And Kyle, on that note, let's stay with you for a moment. As a strategic lever for a company, what do you, what do you believe is the goal of the price? Well, the goal is to achieve company goals. And so, you know, a lot of folks think that there is a right price out there. They just have to find it. If they do enough research, understand costs, understand competitors, they can come up with an optimal price. But the optimal price is the price that helps you achieve your goals as a company. And so one of the first things in any pricing project is to understand, are we trying to aim for adoption? Do we want to you know, sign up as many logos as possible and not have any barriers in the way of doing that? Do we care about revenue growth? Uh, do we care about profitability? Which uh, all of those different goals actually tend to have different pricing strategies associated with it. And so my advice for folks is to not assume, uh, but to really get alignment around what you're trying to achieve with pricing and then help uh, develop a pricing strategy that helps achieve company objectives rather than uh, assuming what those objectives are. And to that point, Kyle, like how should a, how do you think a company should approach pricing relative to cost or even should they approach pricing that way? Cost is an input, but cost shouldn't be the main driver of pricing decisions, especially uh, for many folks listening to this call, uh, probably software companies and the primary costs that they have to consider are sales and marketing costs and not cost of goods sold, not actual physical costs of delivering a product. And so in that context, you could actually design the right sales and marketing strategy uh, to based on the profitability and the, the target customer and the price that you're trying to get, but you shouldn't let sales and marketing costs dictate how much you're going to charge a customer. Uh, and so to me, that, that should be considered if you have real tangible costs, you should be aware of what those are and make sure that you're not losing money on deals. Uh, but the best companies tend to focus on value-based pricing and by value-based pricing, I mean perceived value from the customer about how much your product is worth relative to alternatives. And alternatives could be competitors, but they could also just be other ways of operating. And so uh, a lot of times companies are achieving something, uh, whether or not they're buying software for it. And they might be achieving that through manual processes, through consultants and other vendors, uh, through software that wasn't custom built for this specific problem. And you want to help really clearly unpack how you help them in a way that's different 
and better. And the better you can understand that ROI that you're generating, the you know better you you can do about positioning your product, and also uh, the better input you have around how much folks should be willing to pay for it. Because uh, the, ultimately, if you're especially if you're selling to business customers, businesses are fairly rational and they want to see a return. They want to see any investment they're making is going to pay off in terms of time savings, cost savings, additional revenue, uh, reduced risk, that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Like no business cares how much your product costs you to make. They only care about the value it's going to bring to them, right? Exactly. And I see a number of companies, uh, well, you have to see in software companies undercharge, which to me is okay in the early days because you're, you're generating data points around the value that your product brings. Uh, but then you'll, you'll also sometimes see companies overcharge and they end up signing up a logo, but that customer just doesn't ever see the ROI. They don't see the value of it. And so they're going to churn, you know, after a year, after two years, whenever their contract expires. And so you generally want to price for uh, customer lifetime value and ideally be in a position where you're capturing more and more revenue from that customer over time. And, uh, and that's the, that's the name of the game. Yeah, no, great point. And like, I guess further to that, the question for you, Mark, it's like, I've worked on pricing before choosing the price and like structuring your pricing and packaging is just, it can be such a hard thing to do. Um, especially if you've never done it before, like if you're a product marketer and it's your first time working on pricing, for example. So how should companies pick the strategy that, that they go with? for how to price their product or their service or platform, whatever. Yeah, this is a really hard question to answer because pricing strategy isn't well-defined. Um, so what I would argue is what we want to do is let's start with a list of questions that we really have to get addressed and say, these are decisions that we, we need to make. How can we make these decisions as intelligently as possible? Uh, let me give you the three, I think the three most important decisions that we have to make before we set a price. And those three most important decisions are, number one, what's the market segment we're going after? The more clearly and narrowly you can define your market segment, the much easier it is to figure out how much value you're delivering to that market segment. And that's what's going to help us drive the price. The second one that we have to figure out is what's our pricing metric going to be? Our pricing metric is what is it that we're going to charge for? So this could be gigabytes or downloads or clicks or users. Um, so there's lots and lots of different things that we could choose. We want to choose a pricing metric that is very highly correlated with the way our customers get value from our products. And the reason we do that is because then as our customers grow, as they use more of our product, they end up paying us more because that's the way we're charging. We don't have to raise their price, they just automatically pay us more. Then the third decision that we have to make, which is probably the hardest of all the decisions, and that's how do we package up all of our features into offerings that make sense to our market segment. If we really clearly defined a market segment, then probably the way I recommend in most cases is a good, better, best type offering. We can offer that to a market segment. The people who are scraping to get into the category want to get them in at the good. And then over time, they'll be able to upgrade themselves and we end up making more money over time because they're upgrading into our product portfolio. 
I think if we could step back and answer those three questions exceptionally well, the actual price that we put on when we're first starting is probably the least important decision we have to make. Well said, Mark. And uh, Kyle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift over to you for a quick second. I know quite a few SaaS companies uh, and others that are just revisiting their pricing right now to help accelerate growth or in, in some cases, simply just to simplify their pricing and packaging because it's complex for no reason. If someone listening has been tapped this year to run their pricing, packaging, optimization or simplification project for 2022, what are the, the steps that they should take as they approach this, this seemingly daunting task. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, and it's tough because most companies uh, don't have a dedicated full-time pricing person in-house. We're starting to see that as companies scale beyond call it 30, 40 million ARR, they'll bring in that person. But otherwise, a lot of folks are often tapped to run pricing projects and have never really done it before. And it is a, it, it is a very daunting task. The first thing in my view is always to set the strategy around pricing. You want to make sure that you're aligned on what you're actually trying to achieve, what the goals are. Is the goal about simplification or is the goal to generate more revenue, drive more expansion, uh, drive more adoption of multiple products? There could be a number of goals that you should be considering and you need to make sure you have uh, the right uh, folks around the table to, to collaborate on, on the highest priorities. You also typically want to assemble a steering committee that's going to drive the project. So while you might own the project, pricing is the most cross-functional piece of the business. And so sales as an input, uh, they're actually the ones on the front lines talking to customers. Products should be really involved in terms of understanding the roadmap and what's monetizable about what they're building. Finance from a, from a cost and, and revenue model standpoint, the uh, operations side, especially on sales ops, uh, marketing from a positioning standpoint. So you want to assemble that that dream team. Uh, and then I also like to uh, start to look at the competitive landscape and collect some early uh, data points of what folks have been hearing about pricing, just to understand you know, what, what are the directions that we want to go in? What are the options that we should consider? And then after that first phase, uh, you want to have a set of hypotheses of where you could go with pricing that you can then validate by getting real feedback from your market. And you could get that feedback, you know, ideally through interviews or surveys with customers. An alternative is that you could pilot different pricing with a, with a couple of reps and, and see how it performs. But I tend to be a big proponent of that customer research. It's a lot uh, easier and lower friction to uh, really collect that feedback before changing the price live uh, with it with a given customer. And then as you do that research, collect that data, you'll hopefully fine tune, right, here's the final recommendations, here's the final pricing, the packages, you'll get buy-in from different stakeholders. Uh, you then need to make sure you coordinate the implementation. Uh, implementation is, never straightforward. And I suspect that for a lot of companies, uh, there's a lot of change management involved in even getting the, uh, getting the talk track for sales. How do, you, how do you talk about this? How do you position it? Uh, and also figuring out what you want to do with existing customers. Are you changing their pricing? Or are you leaving it as is? Uh, and then the final step that I would call out is that 
after you implement the new pricing, you really want to monitor how it's working. So have it, has it been adopted? Are customers on the new pricing? And then how is this impacting the KPIs that we care about? Are we generating uh, you know, faster deals because we've simplified our pricing? Are we reducing discounting? Uh, are we getting a higher price per customer? Uh, a lot of companies don't uh, actually go through that final step and see, hey, was this, was this a success? And what can we learn for next time? And a lot of times when people do this, they actually realize that the pricing change had a really large impact on their business and that they might not have even have gone aggressive enough uh, in what was possible. Wow, uh, Kyle, four steps for this individual who's facing a seemingly daunting task. Set the strategy, set your goals first and foremost, validate with customer research, prepare for implementation because to your point, uh, this is going to affect uh, not just net new logos, but existing customers as well. And, and so what does that uh, migration analysis look like? And, and then track, 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 iterate, track. And so I, I love I love those four um, those four steps. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle, even you know, you talked about how important it is to to tap into your existing customers and get their feedback on pricing. I'm just curious, like what kind of, like, how do you frame that question? What kind of strategies have you seen work or, or even just like questions to ask customers to get good feedback? Yeah, uh, uh, the first rule of pricing interviews or surveys is that there's no such thing as a pricing interview, kind of <laughs> like Fight Club. <laughs> uh, to me, these are about getting feedback from customers around their experience uh, and, and their value that they're seeing. And I like to, you know, first off, you know, choose wisely the folks that you're talking to. You want to normally have a mix of folks. So not just your happiest customers and not just the folks that are unhappy, uh, but really a cross section of folks. And typically for me also, not just talking to users, uh, but people who are involved in the purchase decision, who are aware of price, aware of budget. Uh, if you end up talking to a group of folks that is really not relevant, uh, it's really hard for them to give any you know, guidance around pricing and, and you really get garbage in, garbage out. So that's, that's the first, uh, first tip. Second thing is just really unpack their past decision because you can learn a lot from their decision about purchasing your product in the first place around uh, changes that you can make going forward. And so you can unpack, hey, what were the most important uh, factors behind your decision? Uh, how important was price? How did our price compare to alternatives that, that you looked at? Uh, you can start really un unpacking uh, how, how a substantial price was as a, either a barrier or maybe even uh, as a reason why you won in the first place. And that kind of uh, data can actually go a long way. And then I, I, another thing that I look at is just the value of different products. So I'll break down a product into different capabilities and just even walk through one by one. What's, you know, which of these are must-haves for you, which are nice-to-haves, and which are things that you don't really need? And that helps you understand how to design packages that actually align with customer needs and, uh, and fit different personas that exist in the market. Not everyone's gonna need the same things. And the packages are really the core piece of what people buy, and then the packages uh, need to be priced appropriately. So 
final question that I just add in here is uh, I love what's called a Van Westendorp question methodology. Uh, it's a classic one. It's existed for a while, but it's still surprisingly useful. Uh, that's where you're asking a series of questions. I, I normally use three of them. Uh, what price would you consider this to be a bargain? At what price would you consider this to be getting expensive so that you think twice about it? And at what price would this be too expensive or prohibitively expensive? And that framing of questions uh, allows you to understand the customer's mental model around pricing. And really, after you ask that question, refrain the urge to talk immediately. You want to let the customer talk. You want to let them explain themselves. And you get really interesting feedback, even if you just probe why. You know, what led you to, to, to give me that response? That's awesome. I feel like, yeah, I could ask you a million questions around that. I think it's one of the hardest things that people find to do. Like a, as a product marketer, when you're thinking about pricing, you just get, you know, it's always a, an easy, simple go-to thing. Like let's talk to customers, let's see what they think, but no one really knows how to get the right information. So that's really valuable. Thanks. Um, Mark, uh, talking about pricing and packaging mistakes, right? What are you seeing your clients, people, like what con what mistakes are they consistently making when it comes to to pricing? Um, you know, and, and how did it, like what guidance would you have for them? Yeah, I, in general, I I think of let's talk about a SaaS company for a second. I think of a SaaS company as having three revenue buckets that they have to manage. They have to win customers, they have to keep customers, and then they have to grow customers. And each one of those three require different activities, different uh, thought processes inside the company. We typically think of pricing as how do we win customers? And that's the way all businesses have to go win customers, no different for SaaS, maybe slightly, but not much different for SaaS. I think the biggest problem that I see is that companies don't focus on the last bucket, and that's the grow customers. We hear lots and lots of companies say, we need to land and expand, but they, they do the land, they never work on the expand. They don't put conscious effort into it. So what does this have to do with the mistake in pricing? When we go back to those three value levers that I talked about earlier today, all three of those value levers dictate our ability to grow individual customers. Uh, they help us make it so that we can get more money from a customer next year than we got this year. If we choose the right market segments and we continue to, to create value for that segment, then it's much, much easier for us to raise prices over time for that market segment. Um, if we've created the right pricing metric and our customers grow and use our product more, then we grow, we grow with the customers while they grow, so we're gaining more revenue. If we've created the right packaging, our customers will upgrade from our good to our better, our better to our best. And so now we're expanding in that way. So I think probably the single biggest problem I see is that most companies don't think about the expand part of land and expand. Um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that because I think that's probably the single biggest problem that, that I see companies make. Yeah, no, and you, you touched there on you know, increasing prices, right? And, and I know that a lot of companies are forced to increase prices for a number of different reasons or where they look to increase, not force necessarily, but they also just look to increase pricing. And it's like a very delicate topic. 
one that a lot of people are passionate about in the company, but just curious, like how do you successfully implement a price increase? <laughs> so, so first off, I'm going to give you two tricks, two things to think about when we think about raising prices. The first one is how do I want to do my price increase? And for a SaaS company, the first question is, am I going to raise prices on my current customers or just my new customers? If we're just raising prices on new customers, then change your web page and you're done, right? There's no real hassle because nobody knew what your price was anyway. If we're going to change prices on existing customers, now we've got an issue because we're about to potentially upset, lose, churn out a bunch of customers. What I typically recommend is let's break our customers up into cohorts by usage. And let's create five different cohorts, the top 20%, next 20%, down to the bottom 20%. I would raise my prices on the top 20% first. And what's going to happen is nothing. They're going to, they might, they might uh, complain a little bit, but they're going to pay you. They're not going to churn out because they use your product so much. They love you. You get to the next 20%, you're probably going to find a few people to churn out, not that many. You get to the middle 20%, and now you're watching closely how many people are churning versus how much more money am I making based on my price increase. And by the time we get to the bottom 20%, what you're going to find is you probably shouldn't raise their prices because they're just happily paying, writing you checks month after month. And if you raise your price, you're going to remind them that they're not using your product and that's when they're going to start to churn out. So that's the first suggestion I would give. The second one I would offer is how do you communicate a price increase to your marketplace? Assuming that you don't have a direct sales force that's having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with each customer, we're going to send out an email of some sort. The email that I recommend that you send has four components to it. The first component is, um, sorry, we have to raise prices. We're doing it because our costs went up. That's always the excuse we use when we raise prices. Um, people don't want to hear that you want to make more money. So we just say our costs went up for whatever reason. And, and certainly you found costs inside your organization that have gone up. So you could blame your costs. The second thing you want to say is, hey, look at how much value we've created for you since you signed up. We're delivering tons and tons of value. So you want to make sure that they're starting to feel good about the things we're doing. The third thing we'll say, if it's true, we haven't raised prices for three years, for four years. So it makes it feel like, yes, it's time. And then the fourth thing I recommend is do something nice for your customers. Uh, for example, you've been a super loyal customer. We're raising prices today, but we're going to hold your price consistent for the next six months uh, just because we like you a lot. And I, and I find that when you write a communication letter like that, uh, people are nobody ever likes a price increase, but they're less angry when you give them a price increase like that. That's a, that's a phenomenal way of uh, letting them down gently. But um, Kyle, final question before our lightning round. In your latest third, and it's the third edition, I believe, of Pricing Transformation Series at OpenView Partners, it's a phenomenal report. You correctly hypothesized that usage-based pricing was going to get normalized in 2021. And as a result of this, customer value management will supersede customer success. Can you rationalize that for us? I think the big, the big thing as usage-based pricing becomes more common, uh, 
companies can't just uh, close a deal, you know, celebrate the booking. We just closed a hundred thousand dollar deal, and then you know pass that deal over to customer success and say, all right, we'll see you in 364 days for the renewal. Hope you're successful. Uh, in a usage model, you really live or die based on customer adoption. And the customer could really stop using the product at any time. And you know, potentially therefore, potentially churn at any time. And so customers need to be seeing value on a continuous basis. And it just shifts a mindset from uh, customer success owns the renewal to every department at the company has a role in driving greater value and adoption, whether it's marketing, educating folks on use cases for the product and connecting you know, communities to uh, help inspire users uh, to, to be able to do more. Uh, product management, really removing friction and helping the customer uh, just want to come back to the app and see more of, an, more of a reason to, to log in. Um, and then also ties to sales, not selling ahead of value. They don't want to get the biggest commitment possible. The goal should be a right size commitment, prove out value, uh, and then earn the right to, to grow a commitment in the future. Yeah. Awesome. So I think we're ready for the lightning round. So um, we'll go in order. So Mark, I'll ask you to answer first and then Kyle, you take it second. Um, so your question is, what, what is your final advice for a founder or a CEO looking to revise or, or optimize their pricing or pack, and packaging in 2022? Before I answer the question, I just want to say, I've loved every word that Kyle has said today, and I just wish they came out of my mouth so I could get credit for them. So to answer the question specifically- the same language about pricing. It's just not a language that enough other people have uh, have been trained in. Yes. <laughs> I feel like everything I've heard today, I've been like, ooh, I didn't do that. Or, oh, like it's it's pointing out everything that I've done wrong in pricing and packaging. But this is, uh, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, so, so my advice for a founder or a CEO, I'm not sure I would say for a really small startup, but as you start to grow, as you move to midsize, what ends up happening is we start thinking about our functions, our processes, and the entire company forgets about why we're in business. And we're in business to create value for customers. Now you can believe that, but the sad thing is you don't even know what the word value means. My one piece of advice for CEOs or founders is to see if you can create a value-based mindset, a value-based culture. See if you can teach people inside your company, what does value truly mean to your customers? Because that's what we're in business for. How do we, how do we constantly make our customers happier? So then we can capture some of that in the prices that we charge. That's awesome. Yeah. Kyle, what's, what's your take? My final advice for 2022 is some advice I've, I've given before. Uh, it's that you should put someone in charge of pricing in your organization. Uh, that's, you know, obviously founders and CEOs should be thinking about pricing and packaging, but 
realistically, they're not going to be the ones doing the work around measuring value, understanding customer feedback, uh, implementing a pricing change. And for the vast majority of, of software companies out there, uh, there's a lot of talk and thought about pricing, but there's no one working on pricing as a major part of their job. And so to me, the, the most immediate thing that you can do is put someone in charge of pricing. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, listen, uh, Mark and Kyle, I, I tell you, after this podcast, folks are definitely going to be able to price with confidence, everything from how to approach the actual project to understanding the different types of strategies involved from a pricing perspective. And uh, that pricing lever is, uh, is key to, to growth. So thank you both for sharing your insights. Jason, thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host. And with that, I wish you guys nothing but success in 2022. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Markitect. If you liked what you heard, please share it with someone you think would enjoy it. Want to stay up to date on our latest episodes and more? Subscribe to our newsletter. The link is in the show notes. See you next time. The Markitect is presented by Pavilion, powered by Casted, and produced by Share Your Genius.